Well, we are coming to the end of the year. It's been a good year. God has been good in so many ways and faithful. And I was praying about what uh, the Lord would have me to bring. I think I'm done preaching on tithing and divorce for a while. Uh, we got that out of the system, I hope. Uh, but there has been something else that's been on my heart, and I, I think this is a good time to hit this topic, and I, I think I'll probably come back to it in the very beginning of January. Uh, we have the Christmas uh, carol sing-along next week, uh, so we'll see how this plays out, but I'd like to come back at least a couple of times on this topic uh, that we'll be looking at today, uh, tonight, Lord willing. We'll be in Deuteronomy chapter 6, and picking up in verse 4, let's do the reading first, and then we'll get into the topic uh, tonight that God's laid in my heart. Deuteronomy 6, and I'd like to go ahead and read all the way through to verse 25. Okay, get the whole passage here. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shall talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. And thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand, and they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes, and thou shalt write them upon the posts of thy house, and on thy gates. And it shall be when the Lord thy God shall have brought thee into the land which he sware unto thy fathers, to Abram, to Isaac, to Jacob, to give thee great and goodly cities which thou buildest not, and houses full of all good things which thou fillest not, and wells digged which thou diggest not, vineyards and olive trees which thou plantest not. When thou shalt have eaten and be full, then beware." lest thou forget the Lord which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. Thou shalt fear the Lord thy God and serve him and shalt swear by his name. Ye shall not go after other gods of the gods of the people which are round about you, for the Lord thy God is a jealous God among you. Lest the anger of the Lord thy God be kindled against thee, and destroy thee from off the face of the earth. Ye shall not tempt the Lord your God as ye tempted him in Massah. Ye shall diligently keep the commandments of the Lord your God and his testimonies and his statutes which he, which he commanded thee. And thou shalt do that which is right and good in the sight of the Lord, that it may be well with thee, and that thou mayest go in and possess the good land which the Lord sware unto thy fathers to cast out all thine enemies from before thee, as the Lord hath spoken. And when thy son asketh thee in time to come, saying, What mean the testimonies and the statutes and the judgments which the Lord our God hath commanded you? Then thou shalt say unto thy son, We were Pharaoh's bondmen in Egypt, and the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand. And the Lord showed signs and wonders, great and sore upon Egypt, upon Pharaoh, and upon all his household before our eyes. <clears throat> and he brought us out from thence that he might bring us in to give us the land which he sware unto our fathers. 
And the Lord commanded us to do all these statutes to fear the Lord our God for our good, uh, and, uh, for our good always that he might preserve us alive as it is this day. And it shall be our righteousness if we observe to do all these commandments before the Lord our God as he hath commanded us. All right, what's the topic? This is introducing a topic. It could be all kinds of things, I suppose, from this passage. I mean, you could have a message on worldliness. You could have a message on remembrance. You could take this so many different ways. Uh, But before I unveil the topic, let me just say, uh, if I, as your pastor, was to ask you to pray about one thing for the next year, would you take it seriously? Just one thing. All right, I'm not going to come tell you you have to do anything. But as your pastor, if I said, would you pray about doing this next year? Would you at least pray about it? Well, here's what it is. I'd like to ask you to pray about, and, and hopefully not just pray about, but put some feet to the prayers. Would you commit to taking your personal devotions, but more importantly, in this, because of this passage, your family devotions to the next level? to gear in, especially on uh, the family the family devotion matter. Some would call it family altar. Uh, this, is, as you see on the screen, we're going to look at the, the importance of family devotions. And uh, as I have uh, come through this year, I, I, I've t- I tell you, I've really enjoyed the time I've had with my family around the Word of God. And it's been a huge blessing. Uh, But we have not always been consistent in family devotions. I'm the pastor of a church, and I have not always been consistent in family devotions. Uh, I'm more consistent than I was as an evangelist. As an evangelist, it was hard to be consistent with anything that was... Let me just back up. You didn't have your own schedule. Everywhere you went, the schedule was handed to you from the pastor for the week. So it was hard to do family anything as an evangelist. Uh, you just kind of found out where you're supposed to be, and, and you're in church every night. So uh, family devotions was tough in evangelism. We still did do it. Uh, it's been better <laughs> in the pastorate for sure. Um, but my kids are getting older, and I'm realizing just how important this is. And I wish I would have started uh, when they were, uh, before they were born. See, my wife and I, we didn't do devotions together. Uh, we would pray together every night. But I don't think we really did official family devotions till we had kids. I just want to help anyone here in that situation. Don't wait till you have kids to do family devotions. Get in the habit, have devotions with your spouse, and then after the kids are gone, you'll still be in the habit, and you'll still have devotions with your spouse. I plan on having family devotions without the rest of my family. I, I plan on having family devotions with my wife, just the two of us. And when the kids come back with the grandkids, Lord willing, well, then we'll bring them back into that again. But uh, we've had some sweet times as a family, and uh, it has been so, so helpful. But as I go to this passage, to me, I sum this whole passage up with what you see on the screen, the importance of family devotions. It's one passage. It all comes together, and it all flows out of those first two verses, or verse 4 and 5. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, and all thy soul, with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. 
we are living in a day uh, that to me is, is different in many respects. But one of the uh, things that troubles me the most is it's hard to know anytime you're receiving information from any source, it's hard to know if it's true. Uh, you know, you, you pick up a paper, you have no idea if that's true. You go to a blog, you have no idea. The mainstream media, it's probably not true, okay? It's, or at least twisted, or there's some agenda, or there's something. Stuff gets shared on Facebook, and it goes viral on Facebook. There's viral YouTube videos. You got to watch this guy. He's going to drop this bomb of truth, and you listen to it like, wow, that sounds pretty amazing, but I don't know anymore. Well, our kids are growing up in this. Uh, we are uh, growing up in a, an increasingly secular society. And with the secularization of our American culture will come the watering down of truth and the disguising of truth. And it's, it's just going to become a wild goose chase to find what is true. Our kids are growing up in that. And they need to know what is true. And it's going to be the Word of God. Primarily, they need to have a bedrock foundation. I grew up as a, a, a kid in a pastor's family, and we did devotions as a family. And it was not a bunch of bells and whistles, you know. It was it was just consistent time with the family, with the Word. Sometimes we don't do family devotions because we think it has to be something great. No, it doesn't. It just has to be consistent time with the family around the Word of God. And we had some great times as a family. We weren't always consistent. We missed certainly several, many days, I'm sure, growing up. But some tremendous things took place in family devotions that I am grateful for to this day. And uh, I want to make sure that I give my kids the same training, the same upbringing. If you're single, you don't have a family to have devotions uh, with, don't check out. If your family has grown, don't check out. Uh, there will be principles here for singles as well. So we're going to answer some questions here tonight, I hope from God's Word. First of all is, why have family devotions? Why have family devotions? And I believe that this text speaks to that specifically. So we'll walk through it. I have no idea if we're going to get through all of my notes, but we're going to give it a shot. If we don't get through it, we'll just stop and pick it up later. <clears throat> why have family devotions? Well, first of all, chapter, four, uh, chapter 6, verse 4 and 5 says... Uh, some things that will help us. And uh, I would say, number one, in order to safeguard the home's biblical priorities. We should have family devotions in order to safeguard the home's biblical priorities. Verse 4 and 5, again, tells us some things that, first of all, verse 4 says, there's only room for one Lord. Only room for one God in your life. Only room for one God in your home. When you have family devotions, it puts God first. What does it say here? O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. There's one Lord. There's one God. When you have family devotions, when I have family devotions with my kids, I'm telling my kids, God is supreme. God's the Lord of this house. Now, my kids like family devotions, but there's other things that they would like to do too. Let's just be honest. You got to call them up from the basement. Kids, stop playing Legos. We're going to have devotions. And it's not always, yay, dad, I'm playing Legos. Or they're playing dolls, whatever they're doing. Got to stop. What am I telling them? God's more important than Legos. 
God's more important than dolls. God's more important than a TV show or whatever you're doing. God is number one. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. We have one Lord, not many lords. And as a family, we want to put God first. Family devotions allows things to come up as well that need to be discussed and help us with pre, uh, reprioritizing as a family or as individuals within the family. Sometimes we have struggled in our house to have devotions consistently. We know what that just did. It just brought up a good topic. There's one Lord. So why can't we make it as a family around the table or around the couch to have devotions? There's a breakdown here. We need to talk about this. Because there's only one Lord. How come we can't make him first? Well, we need to change some things to make him first. And we'll talk about that in a moment. Family devotions gives opportunity for other gods to be revealed and dealt with. We can't have family devotions at night. Why? Because our show. Uh, well, there's one Lord. There's one Lord, not the show. Now, let me tell you, you have it easier than a lot of other Christians because when I grew up, you got out the TV guide and you found out when it came on and you planned your time to see Star Trek at 7 o'clock or whatever it was. Uh, waste of time. But anyway... Uh, <sighs> And then if you missed it, you missed it. Now you can record the thing. So we really have no excuse, but we still make excuses. There, there are priorities, and the priority needs to be safeguarded. Family devotions can help us with that. Uh, he talks about uh, how we should love him, that, that, that uh, it's with all our heart and all our soul, and with all our might. Supreme love for God is expected and will not happen without intentionality. What family devotions can help my family with is to make verse 5 actually possible. How am I going to say to my kids with a straight face, all right, kids, verse 5 says that there's one Lord, and verse, uh, verse 4, and, and verse 5 says, and we've got to love him with all our heart and all our soul and all our might. But the only thing I ever demonstrate to them that, that involves all my soul and all my love and all my heart and all my might would be sports, hobbies, ambitions, this, that. My kids see me every morning. Uh, well, they, they get up and they come out with their blankies and whatever, and they toddle over half asleep. And my wife and I have a couch with a little uh, by our stove, our wood stove, and it's cozy this time of year. We've got a little lamp, and she has her devotions on one side of the couch. I have my devotions, and the kids come and pile in the middle. Uh, there's blankets everywhere. I have to get my devotions before, done before they get up. <laughs> Otherwise, it starts piling up. But my kids see me have devotions, and I like that. I want them to see me have devotions. I want them to know that I'm, 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 I'm putting the Lord first. Then from the, the devotions, uh, Mom and I, they get started on, on, they do their devotions, and they get started on school. And uh, Rebecca and I go out to the garage, and it's cold out there, but we do our workout. Um, and so my kids come out there sometimes and they want to see what dad's doing or what mom's doing. And they have seen me give it all my might. You know, I'm struggling to get something pushed or whatever, uh, some bench press or this or that. Uh, they see 
me give all my heart and all my soul and all my might to a lot of different things. But they've got to see me as their father giving all my heart and all my soul and all my might to the Lord. There's lots of ways that they should be able to see that, but one way we can highlight it is to make it a family event. We as a family are going to take time. We could be watching a movie. We could be doing a puzzle. We could be doing chores. All those things are fine, but we're going to make sure we take time for a time around the Word as a family. So why have family devotions? Because of verses 4 and 5, first of all. We need to safeguard the home's biblical priorities that He is the only Lord and our supreme love is for God. That's going to happen with intentionality. All right, number two. Why have family devotions? In order to keep parents sharp spiritually and in a place to nurture those entrusted to them. And that's verse 6. Verse 6 basically tells us you can't give out very well what you don't have in. Look at verse 6. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. A lot of parents just skip to verse 7. Because verse 7, that's great. Teach the kids. No, you don't get to verse 7 until you've come through verse 6. These words which I I commanded this day shall be in thine heart. You can't give out what you don't have. So, you know, if I am committed to having a family altar, a family devotion time with my wife and kids every day, that does help to motivate me a little bit to take some time with the Lord, to be thinking, because you say, well, what do you do for devotions? Uh, We've done all kinds of different things. We've read through uh, devotional books. We've read through uh, uh, books of the Bible, uh, all sorts of different things. Right now, I'm basically just coming uh, to do my devotions, uh, family devotions with something on my heart that God's been doing in my heart throughout the day uh, and just sharing that. So it's very topical. Um, But you can't do that if there's nothing that you're meditating on. So it does help you just to, to walk with the Lord, all right? And, and have, have something that you're praying about, praying this for my kids, praying this for our family. Now, you must nurture your own heart in order to nurture your child's heart. However, I would say don't use this as an excuse not to do devotions. Don't use your lack of heart prep as an excuse to not even try. Well, I didn't do verse 6, so I'm not qualified for verse 7 ever. No, I would say jump in. And lead the way anyway, and let your desperation and failures and flops uh, motivate your own personal nurturing, and just grow together with your kids. Be open, be honest. Maybe tell your family, I am not good at this. I'm still figuring things out myself. Pray for dad, but we're going to do this together. And have that time together. So let's stay sharp ourselves, uh, first of all. So why have him devotions? One, to to safeguard the home's biblical, uh, biblical priorities. Two, in order to keep parents sharp spiritually and in a place to nurture those entrusted to them. And then three, in order to impart the word of God thoroughly to the next generation. Verses seven to nine. We want to impart the word of God thoroughly to the next generation. Look what it says. Thou shalt teach them diligently to thy children. Thou shalt talk of them while thou sittest in thine house, when thou walkest by the way, when you lie down, when you're rising up. Boy, it's pretty, uh, pretty thorough. Well, the first thing I would point out there is that word diligently. If we're going to impart the word of God thoroughly to the next generation, we have got to 
do so diligently. It requires diligence. Uh, I have been diligent in a lot of things. Work, hobbies, sports, exercise, all sorts of things. There's nothing that is more important for me as a father to be diligent in regards to than the nurturing of my family around correct biblical priorities, learning this book from an early age. What did Paul say to Timothy? It reminded him about his grandmother and his mother, and that from a child thou hast known the Holy Scriptures. Boy, praise the Lord for a grandmother and a mother who helped to instill in him these truths early on. What about Daniel? Daniel's family had to have helped him. And then he went into a test that he never could have foreseen. His parents never had any idea. Maybe they did have an idea. (laughs) They may have seen it coming. But uh, boy, oh boy, I'm sure they were glad for the investment they made in Daniel because he was about to be tested more than a young kid ever should have to be tested. We don't know what our kids are up against. But there's one thing that I've learned from 2020 it is, we don't know nothing about what's coming. We, we don't know. We think we know, you know, a general idea of how it's going to be 10, 15 years from now. No. I don't know what my kids are going to face. You look at Hannah, and she raised Samuel for just a few years, then she had to give him up to the temple to Eli. Uh, but she imparted something in him that lasted. Folks, uh, we need to impart the word of God to the, to the next generation diligently. We don't know how much time we'll even have and what is coming in the future. It requires diligence. It requires repetition. Sitting, walking, bedtime, wake-up time, all the time. So some people ask, well, when should we have family devotions? Any one of those times works. When you're sitting down, you have family devotions. That could be a dinner table, breakfast table, lunch table, or all the above. Could be a bedtime. A lot of families do devotions at bedtime. Uh, sometimes we do them uh, when we rise. Sometimes we will do devotions at the breakfast table because I know what my schedule is and I know this is it. Uh, other times we do them in the morning and the evening because we're having a hard day in homeschool and we need the extra encouragement. <laughs> so I'll say, okay, yesterday didn't go so well. So we're going to have devotions at breakfast just to kind of give everybody some focus and some prayer. Let's pull together. Let's keep mom alive. Okay. Uh, well, let's be a team and let's have a good day. Uh, so it, it, be fle- it's flexible. But the point is it should be really something that's happening uh, all day long, as, as well as these intentional times. Teach the next generation. Uh, it requires diligence. It requires repetition. It requires reminders. Look at verse 8. He told him to have signs. <clears throat> verse 8. Uh, bind them for a sign upon thine hand, frontlets, frontlets between thine eyes, write them on the post of the house and the gates. Now, kids... Before you start writing these things in the post of the house and the gates, talk with dad first. Dad, I was just obeying God. I just took your chisel and just put John 3.16 in the door. It's in the book. Okay, careful there. Talk to dad first about that. Maybe let dad in on that. Uh, but I think this is a biblical admonition to have scripture on the wall. 
Uh, we have scriptures on our walls and we have a chalkboard where Rebecca puts a, a new scripture uh, every so often. Oftentimes it's the one we're trying to memorize. Uh, but signs, they, had a, they, had a, a, they would have a scripture wrapped to their hand, a little box. They'd put a little box right here between their eyes. Now people have said, oh yeah, well, the, the modern way of doing this is tattoos. You know, so I got, I got John 3.16 written here and Romans 5.8 written here and my life verse here and, you know, whatever. Uh, <clears throat> Pastor, what do you think about tattoos? Well, I'm going to say, uh, I, I don't think that, that that's what this is meaning. Tattoos today in our culture are, are more about being cool and, and it's a hip thing. It's a cool thing. And you got a lot of pastors today getting tattoos, uh, the praying hands, you know, or whatever they're doing, and just trying to show their crowd that they're relevant and they're cool. But can I just tell you, these kids weren't cool. Can you imagine walking to school with this thing between your eyes? You know, it's a rolled up scroll between your eyes. You get this thing on your hand. Kids are like, what, what in the world is that? They're not thinking, that guy is so relevant. He's so with it. He's so cool. I want to be like that kid. No, I don't think that that's how that was supposed to be. I, I personally uh, believe that you know, our body is a temple and marking it up uh, is, is not, that's not a good idea. It's not a respectful use of the temple. Uh, and, and again, this was not meant to blend them in. This was meant to call them out. In our culture, tattoos blend you right in. Uh, so anyway, you can think about that and pray about that. But uh, the idea was you need signs. He knew that they would need constant reminders, and so do we. Put the Scripture on the wall. Put Scripture on your phone. Put Scripture in your, in your wallet, wherever you need the reminder. My wife, I've mentioned this before, she has note cards on this little uh, uh, flip book. She puts those books all over the house, and if she's doing dishes, she's got them there. It's good to have reminders. But the Word of God in as a daily reminder through family devotions is also a great help. Number four. Why have family devotions? Number four, in order to keep from becoming lazy, spoiled, and forgetful. And this is verses 10 through 19. He says, you got to teach them diligently. Getting up, going to bed, walking, sitting, standing. You're going to have to print it all over the place and wear it on your hand and on your head because you guys forget. He says, I bless you guys and you take the blessing and you get sick on it, basically. You know, dessert is good, but if all you have is dessert, you get sick. I remember my mom used to scratch her head. She'd say to my dad, Scott, after every fellowship at church, John comes home sick. He can't be getting the flu every single fellowship Sunday. And so I remember one day, I was sick as a dog. And she says, I want to know what you ate. Start, start talking. Well, I had the cheesecake, and I had the sugar cookies, three of them, and I had the pop, and then I had some popcorn, and more pop and I, I I remember just giving this whole list and my mom was writing it down and after all she's like she stops writing and she just looks and I kept talking I'm like mom I'm just getting started <laughs> and I had apple pie and I and she oh Scott we're gonna put a tether on this kid uh but yeah it, it's a blessing to go to the potluck at church it's a blessing from God but you can get sick on it 
And that's verses 10 through 19. And all of us are praying for the teens at Pastor CJ's house right now. Uh, yes. It shall be when the Lord thy God shall have brought thee into the land that he sware unto thy fathers to give thee great and goodly cities, which thou buildest not. Then he goes on to say, you're going to have all kinds of good things. Things that you didn't build, wells you didn't dig, vineyards you didn't plant. You're going to eat and you're going to be full. And then you'll forget. Verse 12. Then beware lest thou forget the Lord which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. Why do we need to be so diligent to train up a child in the way he should go? Why do we need to be so diligent to nurture them in the nurture and admonition of the Lord? Why do we need to have family devotions and get in the Word together as a family and be consistent day in and day out and making it the priority of our lives, the pillar of our homes? Because for Americans, we are so blessed. We have inherited so much. We have inherited churches we didn't build and freedoms we didn't fight for, and all, everything listed there. It, it, we don't have maybe the, uh, the, the vineyards and the olive trees, but you get the idea. We have our version of that. And we have eaten and we are full. We are prone to fill our bellies full of the blessings of God, and then we lose perspective. You know, sometimes people just have the family powwow when things are going downhill. Okay, we're going to have family devotions. Kids gathered around. It's got to tell you, dad lost his job. And we all got to pray. Now, let me tell you, you need to do that, but you should be doing that all the way along. Family devotions and family altars should not mean and should not signal to the family, crisis. Oh no, who died? We're having devotions. No, it shouldn't be like that. It should be, honestly, we should be having devotions according to this when things are really, really good. That's the crisis. Honey, we haven't had devotions for two, three days. I know, but the kids are doing so well. Yeah, we better have devotions. <laughs> we better make sure these kids know where these blessings are coming from. You know, I think sometimes my kids, they, 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 they can only see what a 12-year-old, 10-year-old, 8-year-old, 6-year-old can see. I'm the dad that's supposed to be able to see further and help them see what they wouldn't otherwise be able to understand. Kids, do you know where these blessings came from? Let me tell you about the goodness of God. Kids, I know you're, you had a great week and God's blessed us with this and this and this and this and this. Do you know we, we, we got this from God? We can't just take this for granted. We are prone to forget the blesser amidst the blessings. One of the things that we do as part of our devotions is we do our thankful things. Everybody has to give three. And you can't repeat the person next to you. You know, that's just too easy. Yeah, thankful for God, Bible, and mom. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. Got to come up with something, something unique. And we do our thankful things. We go around, everybody, three, three thankful things. You know, sometimes on a bad day, it can be a little hard to come up with three things. Isn't that terrible? And it is, it is a help to me every single time we do it. And it's also a help to see what the kids are thankful for. We need to have family devotions because according to these verses, we will forget. And he goes on the next few verses, say you're going to forget where you came from. You came from Egypt, the house of bondage. And you could go back there. 
You've got to fear the Lord, of, the Lord your God. You've got to serve Him. Don't go after the gods of the people. God's a jealous God. Don't tempt Him. Teach diligently the commandments of God. That's verses 10 through 19. We should do our devotions as a family in order to keep from becoming lazy, spoiled, and forgetful. And we're not going to get done with this message, but we'll go as far as we can. We've got five minutes. Number five, we need to have family devotions in order to answer our sons and daughters' questions. Verse 20. Verse 20. And when thy son asketh thee in time to come, saying, What meaneth the testimonies and the statutes and the judgments which the Lord our God hath commanded you, then thou shalt say. Verse 20. You know what? Kids have questions. And we need to be ready to answer those questions. And uh, having a time together where we talk about the Word of God, we pray, we share testimonies, we share requests, we give our thankful things or whatever it is that you do in your devotional time, it provides an open forum for good questions. And I'm amazed sometimes the questions that my kids ask. You just never know what a kid is thinking about. Sometimes it's hilarious. And sometimes it's moving. You know, uh, I love it when my kids start to question why we do what we do. That's not a bad thing. Dad, why do we go to church all the time? Hey, Dad, why do we read our Bible in the morning? Hey, Dad, why do we believe this, but the public school teaches something else? Those are good questions, and it's a good thing for them to be asking them to you. At our devotional times, Family Devotions provides a way to field questions from our children, gain insight into what they're thinking about and where they're at spiritually. Every parent should have a good handle on where a particular child is, and we need forums to do that. It allows your children to get the answers from you to balance or counteract the answers they're getting from other places. Number six, we are going to get through the text, but I have a whole bunch of application and stuff that we'll have to do another time. Uh, 20, 21 to 25, and we'll be done. It'll get us through the, the bulk of the text here. Number six, we should have family devotions in order to tell your story to your children and how they fit in what God is doing in this world. In order to tell your story to these children and how they fit into, into what God is doing in this world, do your kids know your testimony? Do your kids know the stories of God and his intervention and his working in your life. There may be some things that they're too young for now, but they'll be ready for later. Oh, it is good to share that. I did not ever really get to have a, a meaningful, uh, meaningful conversations with uh, my grandpa Harold. Um, he, he died when I was very young. And I greatly missed out on, on, on not having those conversations. He was saved in the army as, a, as the army cook. And uh, uh, then he went into the Bible college and went into preaching and evangelism and started churches. And um, I think he died when I was five. Didn't get a chance to have those conversations. But if you have an opportunity to share those stories, oh, take those opportunities while you have them. In order to tell your story to your children 
and how they fit into what God is doing in this world. Give them your testimony. Do your kids know how you got saved? Verse 21, then thou shalt say to thy son, we were Pharaoh's bondmen in Egypt. And the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand. And the Lord showed us signs and wonders, great and sore upon Egypt, upon Pharaoh, and upon all his household before our eyes. And he brought us out from thence that he might bring us in to give us the land which he sware unto our fathers. And the Lord commanded us to do all these statutes to fear the Lord our God for our good always, that he might preserve us alive as it is this day. And it shall be for our righteousness if we observe to do all these commandments before the Lord our God as he hath commanded us. Boy, our kids need to hear that. The, the deliverance that God gave us, uh, the, the years of bondage, how did God work in our lives? And to get a biblical worldview from us, if they don't hear it from you, who will they hear it from? Don't depend on others to instill this into them. We're out of time. Next, Lord willing, we'll look at why we don't have him in devotions, okay? And then how to have him in devotions. Lord, help us as we uh, make some applications here. Help us, Lord, to make this very, very much a priority in our lives. Lord, that you would make it um, a, a priority of each family to, 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 to center their lives and their homes around your word. Lord, may we not let anything come between us and, and that priority. I pray that you would help us as individuals and those who don't have families, Lord, to have a, a personal time with you. Lord, because, uh, Lord, this, this world is so uncertain. The only source of certainty is you and your word. Help us, Lord, to make this the priority of our lives. And teach us, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen.